Are you also tired of one-size-fits-all weight loss plans? Meet Noom, the personalized solution that meets you where you are. Noom is able to understand your unique needs, from dietary restrictions to medical concerns. Unlike restrictive programs, Noom embraces your lifestyle and choices. Discover a sustainable approach to weight loss, tailored just for you. Honestly, Noom felt like it was made for me. It's not just about what I eat. It's about understanding why. With Noom, I've learned so much about myself and built healthier habits that stick. It's all about progress, not perfection. Say goodbye to restrictive diets and experience the Noom app for yourself with personalized lessons and expert coaching. Noom's psychology and biology-based approach has helped over 5.2 million people achieve their goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode number 127. Talk about your journaling practice with me. This week is a solo episode, and it's a brand new kind of episode, so I can't wait for you to hear it. Go grab your coffee, friends. Grab your tea. You might want to grab a notebook and a pen, too. We are going to talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hey, guess what? The Wedding Summit Series is back. Last year, over 7,000 wedding pros joined the first two Wedding Summit Series events all about community and design. But this time around, we're talking all about client experience. Ensure less stress in your business, gain time for your family and life, and make more money with a rave-worthy client experience. I am so thrilled for you to see my talk about phase three polish, how to get your clients over the finish line with finesse. Like all the other summits, this is the only place I'm teaching this material and I've never taught it before and I likely never teach it again. Now, I know you've seen a lot of summits out there, but this one is different. Most summits and online events really try to tackle the entire scope of running, running a wedding business, and really they only scratch the surface of every topic. But the Wedding Summit series is so different because it focuses on one topic at a time. We go deep to ensure that you leave having mastered the topic area and are ready to implement right away. And there's not a single person out there listening who could not benefit from a more enhanced client experience, right? So join me March 7th through 11th. Grab your free ticket at reneedallow.com forward slash experience. That's reneedallow.com forward slash experience, and I'll see you at the Wedding Summit Series. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. This is, this is a different episode, friends. Uh, I do not have a guest today, which isn't completely unusual. I've done a handful of solo episodes over the last two years, but today's episode is even a little bit uh, more different than that, than the ones we've previously done. Many of you know, every year I run a goal-setting workshop called Biz-ish, which is like get your biz shit together. And in it, we spend three weeks in January kind of taking a deep dive into our businesses and setting goals for the year. And 
I always encourage everyone who participates in the workshop to really um, put pen to paper and really try to go deep and unearth some of the feelings and thoughts and beliefs and desires that are underneath our everyday existence, which I know sounds very lofty. Um, but that is really the goal of Bizish to sort of get to the heart of your business, get to the heart of what it is you want and set goals and then take tiny steps toward those goals as the year goes on. Well, when I do the work alongside the workshop participants, um, I always, you know, learn something about myself. Something is always revealed to me. And what I found myself writing in that workbook was that as much as I love the podcast and I do love doing the podcast, and as much as I love interviewing guests every week and talking to new people and getting different perspectives, I really was feeling like I had this amazing tool, the podcast, and yet somehow I wasn't doing enough <laughs> with the podcast, which for those of you listening who know me in real life is a very uh, Renee thing <laughs> to sort of think that there's always more to do, right? There's always more to teach or give or learn or do. And that's just part of my makeup. You know, that's just part of my DNA. I'm an Enneagram three. I am an overachiever. And I don't know that this impulse of mine to do an episode like this came from the overachieving part of me as much as it came from wanting to give everyone who listens to the show regularly the full picture of some of the things that I, I mention, you know, on the fly while I'm speaking to someone else. And I don't know, I, I thought that this would be a good first episode um, to launch a new part of the podcast going forward, which will be at least once every other month, I'm going to dedicate an episode to teach. So this is my first teaching episode. It's called Talk About <laughs> How to Journal. Now you might currently have a journaling practice that you love, that serves you well. Um, and if so, listen in because you might learn a tip or a trick. You might have heard me mention that I journal and kind of pushed it aside in your mind and thought, well, that's for her, not me. Or I'm curious about it. I don't really know about it. Isn't that something kids do and move on? Or you might be thinking, there's no way in hell I'm going to journal, Renee. I have no time for this. What are you crazy? I don't want to do anything like this. And you might want to turn off this episode. <laughs> but, you know, don't. Don't do that. The difference between an episode like this, which I'm considering a teaching episode, and just a regular solo episode like we've done in the past, is that every teaching episode that we produce is going to have a digital download guide that goes with it. So this week's guide can be found at reneedallow.com forward slash 127. That is the number of the episode. We are episode 127. So reneedallow.com forward slash 127. Just throw your email in there and you will get a digital guide on journaling. It's like 10 pages long, a little bit of a labor of love on my part. And uh, I'm going to talk about journaling and we're going to walk through it together. So you don't need to grab uh, anything <laughs> right now except the workbook. And uh, let's just dive in. This episode is all about journaling, um, which if you listen to the show a lot, like I said, I I've mentioned it in passing. It's the way I, I work on myself and my business. But I wanted to do a deeper dive because I truly, truly believe that a consistent journaling practice and whatever consistent means for you, you get to decide, can be the thing that takes you from good to great and takes your business from, you know, great to like amazing life changing. And even not even just your business, but you as a human being on this planet. So we're going to 
talk about why I journal, why I think you should, how to journal, uh, some do's and don'ts and tips and tricks. And then in the guide, there's 30 days of writing prompts. And so that's really meaty. Like that's 30 days of you not having to come up with something to write about. Again, go to reneedallo.com forward slash 127. A little bit about my own personal history with journaling. So I'm an only child and I've always been a really voracious reader. I mean, I read really early by all familial accounts. Like I was reading way earlier than anyone thought I should be. And we lived around the corner from a library in Brooklyn. So oftentimes my grandmother who watched me most days after school, um, you know, for lack of nothing else better to do with me, I think would take me over to the library. So at a very young age, I was reading like at least a book a week, if not more, probably more. I remember very clearly like running around with like stacks of books in my book bag. Uh, nothing has changed. I'm still surrounded by stacks of books, but I think it was because I felt so comfortable with words and so comfortable with language that I really wanted a diary. Um, I don't really remember how I found out diaries existed, except that there was this um, greeting card store in Brooklyn that I thought was very fancy as a child. It had it had all these gifts in it. <laughs> it had tons of like greeting cards and then like a whole section of of like gifts, like uh, plush, plush stuffed animals and erasers and fun pencils and pens and charms. And as a young girl, everything was like pastel and unicorns. And it just felt like... I want all of those things, right? <laughs> now, I grew up pretty poor, so we didn't have a ton of money for like fancy erasers. I mean, my mother never bought those for me. But there was one journal, it was a diary. It was by the company Sanrio, you know, who makes Hello Kitty. And um, it was tiny, it was this little tiny book and it had a lock and it had this vinyl cover that was like puffy. And on the cover were like two of the Sanrio characters, like a boy and a girl, maybe they look like angels from my memory and they were sitting on a crescent moon and maybe the book had like a hundred pages in it. And I have literally no idea how much it cost. All I know is that every single time we went into this card store, I begged and begged and begged and begged for this diary. And then finally for my birthday, in I think the second grade uh, or third grade, I think it was second grade, um, I received this diary as a gift. And you would have thought someone gave me a million dollars. One of the funniest things to me now is that I was so enamored about that little lock, but I was an only child. So like, who was going to read my journal? Nobody. I mean, maybe my mom, but it didn't even occur to me that she would read my journal. So I started writing in my diary every night before bed and I would recap my day, all the little things that happened. And at the end of the diary entry, I would say, love Renee. Like I signed my own name to it every day. <laughs> which I still think is so funny. And that became a ritual for me. It just became this place where I could talk about my day. Now, maybe it is because I was an only child and I didn't really have a lot of other people to talk to that I thought, yeah, this diary is going to do it. I can tell you that first diary started me on a lifetime of diaries. I wrote and wrote in my journal all through grade school, all through high school, all through my young adulthood. Um, in fact, in my 20s, I had two different journals. I had one that was my daily journal that I would write in at night before bed. And I had another that was like um, like, a, like a written history of all the shows I had performed in. And I had started that one in high school. So I wouldn't just write like the name of the show and the date. I would write like the full cast list, um, funny stories from the shows and from the performances. and And that continued up until... 
gosh, up until I went on tour, um, I still obviously still have these notebooks. And so I get to go back and read about the me that was. What's funny to me now as a 40 something year old woman is that the only time in my personal history that I didn't keep a journal was the time period around uh, meeting and dating my husband. And I remember just sort of falling off of the journaling. And I remember writing in my journal one night, I have nothing to write about, I'm too happy, <laughs> which is great, right? But I, I read it a couple of months ago and I thought, oh yeah, I really used to use my journal as a place to sort of keep not only my secrets, but the things that I maybe didn't want to admit weren't weren't so great, right? Like as a single 20 something in Los Angeles. I really wish I had kept a journal though around those early years with my husband because there are just some things now, 12 years later that I don't remember as clearly as I'd like to, or we bicker back and forth about like, who said I love you first? None of us, neither one of us remember. Had I been keeping a journal regularly, you better believe it would have been in the journal. <laughs> So my history of journaling and di and keeping a diary and recording my own personal history, you know, it's a long history that I have. And that's not to say that I think all of you should have that history as well. I feel like keeping a diary is something, um, I don't know about boys, but something that, you know, as a young girl felt like we all had a diary, right? Like all of my little, all of my girlfriends had diaries when I was in grade school. And then sometimes we grow out of it. If that's you, if you were a childhood diary keeper, it's never too late to get back into the practice. And if you're coming into journaling for the first time now, welcome. It's amazing. It's not difficult or scary or time consuming. It's honestly one of the most loving things you can do for yourself. It's incredibly simple, but I know it's going to sound like a big thing, but I honestly think like a regular journaling practice can over time really change your whole whole outlook on life. And I know that seems like giant words that I just said, but I really do think that it's true. And I want you to try it and see for yourself, right? Just give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? Here are some of the reasons that I journal now as a grown ass woman running two businesses in this sometimes shit show of a world that we live in. I know myself better now because I journal. And I will be super honest with you and say that a couple of years ago, back in the beginning of 2020, I signed up to work with a life coach slash weight loss coach, Corinne Crabtree, who I'm still with to this day. And one of the core tenets of Corinne's program is that you journal daily. And I, I despite my history of keeping a diary and all the journaling I did over the years, I did not want to keep this journal. Like I made every excuse in the book of why I could not, I have no time, I'm too busy, I don't have the right notebook. I told myself some bullshit for like six months, all the reasons I couldn't. And then once I just got over myself and just said, you know what, Renee, successful people do things they don't want to do every single day. You don't have to feel like it. Sometimes you just have to commit and do it. These are the reasons that I have, I have come to that not, why I journal right now. So one of the main reasons that I love journaling now is so many times in life and in business, we are presented with situations that don't feel great, right? They don't 
feel authentic or kind or fair or just or ethical or whatever the situation is, right? Pre-journal Renee <laughs> would have luxuriated in the feelings that those that certain circumstances bring up, right? Someone accuses you of being a not great person and you're immediately, you know, rankled that you're like, well, how dare they say that about me? They don't know me. I'm a good person, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden you're completely in your feelings and you're reacting from a place of those deep feelings. But even more than that, you are making yourself live those feelings over and over and over because you don't have anywhere to put them. Or at least that's been true for me. When I journal daily, right? If something is rolling around my brain, something that doesn't sit well with me or something that happened or someone said something or someone looked at me the wrong way, that doesn't really bother me. But you know what I mean? Any of these perceived slights, whether real or imagined, whether small or large, if you have nowhere else to put them, they will live in your body and they will get bigger and more resonant and they will start feeling worse and worse and worse. So a lot of times I journal about something that's bothering me because I want to separate the facts of a situation. The Like just what are the facts? Like what are the things that you could argue in court are true about a situation? And I want to separate those from my feelings about a situation because that is the easiest way for me to get to a place of neutrality about things because that's my that's my goal, right? My goal is to get to a place where I am able to understand someone else's point of view, able to understand why I'm feeling a certain way about something, why I'm reacting a certain way, what is my 50% of a situation. The only way that I can do that for me is to write them out. I work things out on the page so that I can move through them. And that can be anything. Like I have written my way out of procrastination, apathy, anxiety, um, mild depression, you know, a fight with my mother, a disagreement with my husband over who didn't do the dishes. Like there are just some things that aren't meant for the person you're feeling them about. Those things are meant for you to figure out on your own, for you to journal it out, right? My journal is the place where I dream big, huge, scary, probably completely unformed dreams. That is where I notice little kernels of desire that pop up, you know, um, that eventually maybe get some heat under them and come to fruition, or maybe they don't. Maybe they're just something that rattled in my brain and I thought, oh, what about this? And then I never go back to it. But even still, if nothing comes of it, it is worth putting it on the page, right? A lot of times I journal to motivate myself into action. Sometimes my daily journaling pages start with, oh my God, I didn't get enough sleep and I have a headache and everyone's bothering me and the dog is being too loud and ugh, ugh, ugh. And by the end of the second page, I'm like, so today is going to be an amazing day because today I am going to do this, this, and that. And I'm going to meditate and I'm going to think about this and I'm going to marinate on this. And today is the perfect day because like I can write myself into a good mood in my daily journaling. Another reason I love journaling is because I have really come to love building rituals that are just for me, right? Journaling is a way to hold myself accountable for my own self-care because it is something that I do alone, hopefully in silence. My house is so loud, hopefully in silence. And it is something that isn't really negotiable for me. Like if I can't journal in the morning for whatever reason, I will grab my notebook, tuck it in my purse and do it somewhere. 
somewhere. The other day I journaled while I was waiting for my doctor's appointment because I had to get up so early to go to the doctor that I couldn't do it. And so I grabbed my notebook and I did it in the waiting room. It took five minutes, but it helps me get out of my head. Do you know what I do most of the time when I'm on air, when I'm on um, flights? When I'm on a flight for my speaking gig, on the way there, I'm rehearsing my speech. On the way home, I'm journaling all the stuff that came up at the whole time I was away. Despite the fact that I'm on a plane at least two times a month, I am kind of a nervous flyer. So if I'm having a lot of anxiety about being on that flight, do you know what I'm writing? Well, I don't want to tell you what I'm writing, but I, <laughs> I am writing over and over like calm thoughts that I have about being on a plane. I have this visual, okay, I'll tell you. I have this visualization that the plane is um, wrapped in like a gold, like a sparkly gold yarn. <laughs> and when we get, when it gets particularly turbulent, I just, if I, sometimes I close my eyes, sometimes that makes the motion sickness worse. So sometimes I just put a pen to paper and write over and over, this plane is surrounded in a gold, beautiful gold thread or some version of that sort of scenario. And, and I'll, I mean, next time you run into me in, in a, in real life, you can say, do you have your journal with you? Because there's literally two pages of just over and over and over me writing to calm myself down from a turbulent plane. I feel like there really isn't anything that journaling doesn't help me with. But the thing that it, I'll tell you this, the thing that it's not about is writing anything that's going to be useful for um, public consumption at any point in time, right? Like I'm not necessarily journaling so that I can write a book. And some people might be, but that's just not, I don't put that pressure on that work because it's not art. It's like a moving meditation. So like way, 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 way down on the list of reasons I journal is the idea that I might generate something, some kernel of an idea for a book that I'm writing. I mean, way, 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 way down the list. Because if I went to journaling with that want, right, with that desire to like, well, I'm going to write until I come up with something good. <laughs> I would never start. <laughs> I would never write. Or I'd write and I'd edit and I would stop myself and I would, you know, I would censor myself. That's not what journaling is about. Journaling is about pen to paper, stream of consciousness, get it out of your head, get it out of your body. Now that's why I journal. You might start a journaling practice and realize that you're doing it for a million other reasons that have nothing to do with why I journal. But if any of the things that I just said resonate with you, if you do have moments of procrastination or apathy or anxiety, or you just are like, oh God, I wake up every morning and I don't know what to do with my day. And I have so many thoughts and so many feelings and everyone bothers me. And I just wish my husband would be this. And I wish my kids would do this. And I wish, and I wish, and I wish. Friend, get yourself a journal. <laughs> get yourself a journal. Now here's what you need for journaling. It's very basic. First, I believe you need to journal by hand. I know, I know some of you are going to be like, I journal on my laptop and that's great. For me, that's where I'm writing my book. So to me, that's a different form of writing. What I want you to do is go grab some swag notebook that you got from Wedding MBA back in 2019 that you never opened, that's sitting collecting dust in your office. Go get it. I know you all have these notebooks. I have a giant stack of them that are completely empty. Go get it. It's perfect. You do not need a special journaling notebook. You don't need a little Sanrio puffy covered vinyl diary with a lock on it. If you want to treat yourself, I linked to my, my current journal, which is leather bound and has like a very beautiful like wrap on it. If you want to treat yourself, it's $40. Go get that journal. Um, also get yourself a favorite pen. Uh, I linked to my favorite pen in the guide. 
Um, I like for journal writing a very smooth pen with a lot of ink. So I don't want any friction on the page because I literally don't pick my hand up if I can help it. Go buy yourself a new pen. Treat yourself to a $4 pen to start this journaling practice. Grab the workbook because it does have the writing prompts. And then I also like to write to music, especially if I'm feeling like I don't have time to write today or I don't want to because I'm also a rebel with myself. So like I like to tell myself not to do the things that I actually want to do. That's like going to be a whole other episode, but <laughs> we're going to talk about the four tendencies on a different episode. But I like to write to music. So I made you a special Spotify playlist for your journaling practice that is linked in the guide. Don't talk to me about Spotify. I know the whole Joe Rogan thing, but honestly, there's like a war in the Ukraine right now where I'm recording this. So like, I don't care about Joe Rogan. Yes, he's an asshole, but what are we going to do? I'm not going to boycott Spotify. I have too many playlists for my students there. So Spotify, music for your journaling practice. It's right there for you. Some songs are instrumental, if that's your jam. Some are not. Um, almost all of them have a really motivating beat. But if you are someone who is very resistant to journaling, but you kind of want to try it and you're like, but I don't have all day, just pick one song, one three to four minute song and commit to putting your pen down when the song starts and picking it up when the song ends and just start there. Now, you've made it this far and I know you're thinking, maybe I want to do this, Renee, but also I have a lot of challenges. <laughs> so let's just talk about the excuses because all the excuses are bullshit. And trust me, I have told myself all of these things. First of all, stop believing that you don't have time to journal. Like I just said, you pick one three to four minute song. If you're not going to journal, you know what you're going to do? You're going to scroll endlessly on Instagram or Twitter, or you're going to watch 10 different reels that make you feel bad about yourself, or you're going to watch a YouTube video about, about cats. You're going to do some other bullshit with that five minutes. So go put a pen to paper and write what's in your head. Just get a tiny journal, throw it in your bag, carry it with you. Especially if you think someone's going to read your journal, keep it with you. Keep it on your desk, then move it to your purse. Keep it by your nightstand. My husband wouldn't dare read my journal. We're also not the kind of couple that looks at each other's phones. So like, we're good like that. If you're worried, keep it on you. Also, please stop believing that you have, quote unquote, nothing to write about. There are 30 writing prompts in that guide. This writing is not for anyone else to see. Honestly, you probably won't even reread it. It's not about what gets put on the page. It's the act of getting it out of your brain. Now, to be fair, that yes, there are some times that I go back to my journal because I have a habit, and I think this is fairly common for all of my fellow um, life coach um, you know, cohorts that we all journal as part of our practice. Sometimes we'll say to each other, and I'm very guilty of this, sometimes I write about something that's bothering me or something I need to do so many times that I am sick about it. I'm like, I cannot handle, I'm so over myself. How many times am I going to write? I should make an appointment to go to the dentist before I make the appointment, right? So like sometimes I go back to look for those patterns, but I don't go back and judge. I never go back and read my journal and go like, oh, this was a bad thing I wrote that day. No, 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 no. Because it's not about judgment, right? It's about release. And then also please stop believing that journaling is going to be difficult or emotional or destructive somehow for you or that adding this new habit is going to be overwhelming, right? I've talked about overwhelm a tiny bit on the show before, but let's just bring it back again. This is something that took me years 
to wrap my brain around. So I'm I'm just going to say it to you and I just want you to marinate on this. And you know what? Journal about it if you don't like what I'm about to say. As wedding professionals and creatives, especially over the last couple of years, I believe for myself and for many people I know, our over our default like emotion, our default feeling has been overwhelm. Because it feels true. But it's only true because we are choosing to be overwhelmed. Either we're choosing to take on too many things, or we are choosing to have less boundaries, or we are choosing to use our time in bullshit ways, or we are choosing to not ask for help. All of those things lead to overwhelm. So if you say, I am so overwhelmed, I'm going to say, BS, you're just choosing things that aren't supporting you. So let's stop with overwhelm. Let's really try to help all of ourselves, all of our friends and ourselves to say, stop with the overwhelm. What's really happening? If your impulse tomorrow when you pick up your journal is to write, oh my God, I have such a busy day in front of me. I am overwhelmed. I want you to stop and say, no, I am not overwhelmed. I'm just going to be whelmed and I'm going to figure the rest of my shit out. What needs to get done today? Who needs to do it? Does it have to be me? What can be done tomorrow? The end. And then journaling being difficult or overwhelming or emotional, sure, it might be any of those things. But when did it become a bad thing to feel? When did it become a bad thing to go deep? When did it become a bad thing to look at yourself in a new light or an introspective light? Now, my personal belief is that over the last two years, we've just been a little numbed out, rightly so, because we're trying to survive a pandemic. But sometimes journaling is just a place to get those little fiddly bits that you're annoyed about during the day out somewhere. And maybe that's just enough some days, right? What I know for sure is that my journaling practice is the 100% best way that I've ever found to help manage my time because my journal shows me what's important. Because my own thoughts on paper show me where I am in the world and my mindset each and every day. It is the easiest way for me to plan and dream and scheme for my future because my subconscious just gets things out there that I'm not necessarily consciously thinking. If that sounds overwhelming, <laughs> we just said we weren't going to do overwhelm. If that sounds scary, I think that means you should be journaling. <laughs> Feel the fear, lean into it anyway, friends. The last couple of pages of the guide are, are just, um, 30 prompts, right? They're in groups of 10. That's how many fit on each page. You can just, you can choose to work on them in order, or you can just, you know, go with what feels right for the day. There's really no wrong, wrong way to journal. Just open the guide to page six, pick a prompt, set a timer for five minutes, or choose one song. Start writing and don't pick up your pen until the song is up, until the five minutes are up. When you keep your pen moving on the page, it really helps you get your thoughts just like right out of your head without overthinking or analyzing. Um, and it often helps, you know, leads you to uncover what's really underneath your feelings and thoughts. And that's really what we're trying to get to here, right? You don't have to even use sentence structures. You don't have to use punctuation if you don't want to. You don't have to worry about spelling or turns of phrase or make even making sense. You don't have to worry about making sense. There are some days that I am so just like, ugh, that I write, ugh, in my journal. <laughs> and who cares? Because it's just for me. So every day, pick a prompt, get to writing. I will say this, though. 
The questions that feel the most difficult to answer are probably the ones you want to go first with because they are likely to produce the most generative results, but they're also likely going to be the ones that you come back to over and over and over, right? Because maybe they're not gonna get settled and out of your brain in five minutes, right? I mean, one of the questions that I go back to all the time in my journaling is, do I think I have enough time? Now you could take that as, as in, do I think I have enough time today? Do I think I have enough time for my to-do list? Do I think I have enough time in my life? <laughs> Do I think I have enough time to be living? Like there's a million ways you can take that question. Some days I have to convince myself that I have enough time to get what I need to get done, done. Some days I have to write that I think, you know, that I can think that I'm not done with my life and career and my goals at 45 years old. Depends on the day. Now, I know a lot of what I've said about journaling in this episode has been, you know, helping with negative thoughts, feelings, and emotions, but really important tip, please don't skip journaling just because you haven't had a shitty day. <laughs> because writing a journal that's full of gratitude, even if, listen, even if at the end of each and every entry you write three things I'm grateful for today are. I do that every morning, actually. I do that every morning when I make my plan for the day. At the very end, I say, "These are this is what I'm grateful for. This is what I like about myself today. So don't skip journaling just because you're feeling good. Don't be me when I first met my husband and I was like, I'm too happy to journal because, oh, gosh, I wish I had those pages. I really wish I had those pages. In the book Atomic Habits, James Clear advocates for a 1% daily improvement in order to build a positive new habit. And honestly, I have seen this work in my day-to-day -day. with my life coach slash weight loss coach. I've lost almost 27 pounds this way, like little 1% daily improvements. And this, is, this isn't a show about weight loss, but you know, if you want me to talk about that, let me know. Um, just start small. Start with that one song, right? Start with five minutes. If you need to even go more micro than that, start with one page. Just write one, not front and back, just the front of one page. Just do that. And James Clear also talks about in Atomic Habits that another way to make sure that a new habit sticks is to stack it with another habit that you already do. So for me, I journal for 50, you know, five to 15 minutes, either in the morning, right after I wake up, when I do my daily plan, or as the very last thing I do at night. So first hand cream, then journaling. But if I stack uh, the nighttime with you know, getting my getting ready for bed ritual, I rarely forget because the book is on my nightstand and it takes me two minutes, three minutes, tops, five minutes. If I'm really going 15, the 15 is like, I hardly ever do 15, right? None of this has to be difficult or hard or time consuming. You just have to get started. You just have to get started. And I would love if you're listening just go get the guide at reneedallo.com forward slash 127. Don't overthink it. Just try it. Just get yourself some notebook and a pen and just try it. Even if you don't do 30 consecutive days, right? Try it for a week. Try it for 14 days. Try it and see if you are feeling better in your day-to-day, -day, if you are clearer on your habits, if you're getting more done, if you're a nicer human to the people you live with, if you're nicer to yourself, if the voice you hear in your head is nicer to yourself because of journaling, you've won 100%. Now the guide is meant for you to come back to it as many times as you'd like. 
um, those particular 30-day prompts are pretty evergreen. Um, and you can also just not have a prompt. I never, well, not never, I almost never write to a prompt. Sometimes I just start with like how my body is physically feeling, right? Like, I feel good. I feel like I worked out hard yesterday. I have a headache. Um, there's a weird pain in my ankle, whatever. Mundane, mundane day-to-day -day stuff. That's what I want you to journal about. And I know it feels insane to say, I'm going to take that again. And I know it feels bonkers to say that I'm telling you to write for 15 minutes about, you know, a headache and your kids driving you crazy and that's going to change your world. But it will. It 100% will. So I would love to know, <laughs> uh, A, how you liked this teaching episode. B, if there's anything else that you want me to teach about. I have some ideas of what we're going to do for the next one, but I'd love to hear from you. I'm going to put up a little poll in the um, Instagram, Talk with Renee Dallow, and possibly my personal at Renee Dallow, just to see if there's anything over the years that I've mentioned in passing that you're like, wait, 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 pause on that. Say more. <laughs> if you have any of those moments, let me know, because I am very excited about this new sort of episode, new kind of episode. Um, but that said, we will be back with a guest next week and more and more and more and more and more, more guests and more guests and more guests. So I hope this has given you some food for thought about journaling. I hope that this has motivated and or inspired you to start your own journaling practice. And I hope you will go get the guide at reneedallow.com forward slash 127 and let me know how you like it. Until next week, friends, same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram.